0: Greetings all and welcome to Margin Call, the podcast and editorial meeting for Quest on Media. I'm your host, Russell Morse. Tonight's episode is very special for many reasons. First and foremost, we usually have been structuring our podcasts, you know, we have a topic, we have guests, we've been speaking to filmmakers, we've been, you know, ripping ideas from the headlines for, you know, very curated discussions. And in the process of doing so, we've gotten a little bit away from part of what we're doing here, which is an editorial meeting, our first chaotic episode. I think e remembers it more than anyone, but listeners, please feel free to go back and, and hear that episode again, uh, was a great coming together of, you know, approximately 28 people I'm just I'm just rounding up. It wasn't that many, but it felt like that many. Bringing their ideas and thoughts and observations, and some things were from the news of the day. Some things uh, were from people's personal lives, and that is part of you know the tradition that we're trying to carry on here. Is creating an editorial space. I miss it. I miss the chaos of it. Eming misses editing it and trying to make a show out of it. Uh, so we <laughs> see. You can tell by her laughter that it's true. <laughs> I didn't do this to punish you, Emei, I promise. I did this because I actually enjoy it, and I think there's value in it. So the other reason uh, that this is an exciting episode uh, is that we have uh, a wonderful panel of people that we welcome, including our first-time guest, Anne Bissette, who is an old, old friend. I mean, I say the word old twice only because we've (laughs) known each other for a long time. You're still a very young person, as I am a youngish person. Uh, but, and, uh, you know, we've worked together for, I don't know, you could say 18 years or something. We've known each other and worked together as journalists. We hosted the OTV show together. Uh, we edited each other's work. We occupied the space together. And I know you, Eming, too. It's wonderful to have you here today. As I said earlier, I'm, I was actually surprised to learn this was your first time on because it feels like you're always just kind of around because you're just a <laughs> member of the family like that. So, welcome we're also very happy to welcome amelia back amelia who really has been the star of the show since we started uh well in any case uh she's missed the past few episodes and popped in here and there uh and we've missed you and we're very very happy to have you back uh amelia and sarah welcome although this is your first editorial meeting this is your second episode uh, so we're going to hold you to that, okay? <laughs> we're making a lot of exceptions here, but you know, you've been here before. Uh, yeah. And Ming, of course, thank you, one, for agreeing uh, to having another chaotic episode that you're going to have to edit and make sense out of. It was my suggestion, uh,
1: technically. I asked for that. You
0: know what? You're right. Is it, is it okay to thank you for something that you asked for?
1: I don't know. Yes. Also, yes. it's our 20th episode, by the way. What? It's kind of a big you, deal.
0: I'm glad that you said that and i'll tell you why you'll be glad you waited for this explanation i wasn't sure it was the 20th <laughs> <laughs> you
1: can't onto Spotify I, and was check. To
0: sure. I remember we were talking about it like a couple weeks ago we're like oh yeah we're coming up on 20 and it, it seemed based on my math this was the 20th uh but i'm glad you jumped in and say that yeah 20 episodes wow it feels good that's a big number that's a big you know, requires a lot of consistency a lot of contributors uh, and a lot of patience from e I think. For the rest of us, it's just fun. You know? <laughs> For e once we're done, we take the headphones off, like, yo, that was great. And then, as I've mentioned, e has to make sense out of it. So I'm sure we can edit you know, our eventual wiki page to say that all of you guys were on the 20th episode uh, of the show. I know I talk about music a lot, but I, I do that because, and there's nothing wrong with that. First of all, I don't have to defend this, but... I would like to explain it or at least contextualize it a little bit. Uh, music, as we know, has great social relevance and a lot of our conversations, you know, we did our whole podcast about R.I.P. rock and roll um, and we've done other music. You know, we did our XXX Tentacion episode and the X episode really ended up being one of our kind of most heated and and political episodes because his death and his music touched on so many important social issues. I don't know if that'll necessarily be the case for this topic for me tonight. But Post Malone, I don't know if everybody loves Posty as much as I do, but I just need you guys to know I really like Post Malone, okay? You I just do? think he's Yeah. Because
1: <laughs> your review didn't make it seem like you did.
0: That album cuz I have High expectations for him. And E is referring to my abbreviated critic review of um, Post Malone's album, Beer Bongs and Bentleys, which was only one sentence long. <laughs> um,
2: That's funny.
0: And it was uh, too many Bentleys, not enough beer bongs. That was my review of the album because I, you know, I really like his music and I was disappointed by the album. That's okay. Uh, It was not a a criticism of Posty, the man or the artist. It was just, you know, I was underwhelmed by the album and maybe I didn't give it enough listens. But the reason I mentioned Posty tonight uh, and I'm not like, you know, I don't have his poster on my wall or anything. It's just that he is one of this new generation of artists. I'm like, oh, I kind of like, you know, like some of these songs are cool. And there, there are a few of those guys who are like that to prove that I'm not like an old hip hop grouch. Uh, uh, anyway, so he was nominated in a category that that album, Beerbongs and Bentleys, which really broke a lot of records, is is being recognized by the Grammys, but it's not being recognized as a hip hop or a rap album. It is being recognized as a pop album. And that's fine, because I'm definitely not going to make the argument that it's not pop music. It is most assuredly pop music. But once we start kind of switching the lines of of genre, and, and reimagining what category of music something fits into. Where do we stop? Right? Uh, I think the most common response to that assessment is like, okay, yeah, fine, Posty is pop. But I mean, come on, if Posty's pop, so's Drake. Right. Like, why is Drake still getting nominated in a hip in hop category? And there are a lot of other artists who would fit under that. And a lot of people would say hip hop because it is the most popular music and the most mainstream music. And it's what it gets played on the radio. It is popular music. It's just a pop genre. At which point, why are we even making distinctions? Right. So that was my first point. The If you dig a little bit below the surface, I don't know how true this is, but I'm curious what people might think about it. Um, if you dig a little bit below the surface there. It does it have anything to do with it that Posty is white, right? Is there a race here? I don't know, right? Like if you played a Post Malone song and then you like played like what you know kind of one of these other like SoundCloud rapper type guys, like that genre, a lot of that music is very similar to me. I don't know why the distinction was made specifically for Posty. I'm not trying to step on a landmine. I'm just curious. You know I mean? I think that a lot of those color barriers were broken down a long time ago with Eminem, even before that Beastie Boys. There've been lots of white rappers. There's never really been a question about, you know, white people in hip hop um, in terms of like that it's not hip hop, but that was one thing that occurred to me. And the the one other kind of, like, musical element, and please, if anybody disagrees with me uh, or has their own thoughts, feel free to interrupt, cut me off, is uh, the American Music Awards. Did anybody watch the American Music Awards, by the way? No. Yeah, man, that's kind of how I'm feeling. I, I guess, like... You know, uh, I I know that the Academy Awards is having trouble gaining viewers. I know that other award shows have to like either somebody has to like bum rush the stage or propose to their partner or like Kanye has to be in the front row, like for people to watch award shows. But the Migos, this was the thing I was going to have you look up, Amelia, because I wasn't sure. But Migos won best. It was a rock category, right? Like they won like best duo. Can you help me out, Amelia, as our resident fact checker? What exactly the Migos won at um, AMA? Because I think it was another kind of, yeah, duo or group pop rock. They
3: won. They won a rock award. Yeah, duo or group pop rock. Yep. Yeah.
0: Favorite
3: favorite duo or group pop rock. Yeah.
0: Which I think they absolutely deserve. Right.
3: Pop rock. Interesting.
0: I think it's pop slash rock. It right? is. Like, are difficult, right? Like, what is, you know, this came up when we did our rock and roll episode. Genres are hard.
1: Then who won for best, like, hip-hop or whatever?
0: You mean, like, oh, for a hip-hop duo? There aren't, well, here's the other thing. This is something that Paul mentioned a long long time ago. There are no more hip-hop groups, right? Like, you know, I don't think they can have a category. I don't think there is a category at... Mm Um, the American Music Awards oh, so for hip hop duo. It looks like the yeah. last
3: duo that won was Outkast in 2000.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago. That. <laughs> yeah, there really aren't that
0: many groups anymore. It's all solo artists, you know. And I mean, historically, you can look there. There are a lot of duos and groups, but I just think lately that's kind of subsided. And there, you know, been a lot of magical groups. I mean, a lot of the solo artists, you know, like Pusha T. He came out of Eclipse. clips. You know, a lot of people come out of duos and groups, but I, you know, I, I would say if you crunch the numbers, it's declined. So the fact that those two things happened within a matter of days of each other, you know, is at least like food for thought about genre bending. Uh Where does hip hop stop and pop start? Where does rock stop and pop start? Where does <laughs> where does rock and hip hop stop and pop starts? Uh I said that without. Mixing the words up, I'm very proud of myself. Good
1: job, good job. Thank you. Star.
0: Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I was okay, certain so I was going to go wrong
1: on your first first issue with Post Malone. Okay, I yeah. first saw him perform at Coachella when I watched a live stream on YouTube, and the reason why he is he was in the pop pop thing because his genre is confused. He doesn't know what which genre he's in. <laughs> that was my first takeaway. Like he's just a confused <laughs> artist. Doesn't know which lane he wants to be in. That's why he's he's a pop.
0: Well, what uh, did you see in his performance that made you think that? It's
1: just everything. Every, I I don't know. I don't have a I don't have like a specific word, but that was my takeaway: was like he's just confused. His his genre is confused. He doesn't know what he wants to be. Yeah, but I
0: think that's a I think oh, that's yeah, a strength, right? That's part of the reason I like Post Malone. Like when I found out that he like in the middle of his set, you know, doing singing songs about Bentleys, uh, and that's why I think Beer Bongs and Bentleys was such a good title. It's because it is about his duality. You know, but in the middle of his set, singing about Bentleys, you know, he pulls out like a rhinestone guitar and then plays, um, mm. you know, like uh, Nirvana covers. You yeah, know? That's why I was
1: confused because I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> what are you? So I yeah. understand why he got put in the pop category because. That's why
0: they were just like you're. You're doing too many things, bro. You're confusing Kinda. us. The lowest, the lowest common denominator is pop. Well, that's that's a fair assessment because that's not true for those other guys. But, but I wait, mean, but I,
2: what is he really like? I don't know who he. I don't know if I can name you a song.
0: White um, Iverson, I think is his his best and most popular song. But
2: congratulations!
0: Oh yeah, congratulations is good. You've heard that one before.
2: I have. I just can't name. Okay. Okay.
0: I mean, don't feel bad, and about not hearing Post Malone's music. It's okay.
1: You don't need to know. Yeah. It's not, like, required in life.
0: Yeah, sure. I you wish I didn't gay. know. Yeah.
1: I wish I could unlearn this.
2: But that, you love him, though. Those songs are incredible. him.
0: I mean, so, like, I, I, like, I, like, I like music and I like popular music, right? And it's very important for me to, like, pay attention to what's going on and, like, what people like. Even if I don't like it, you know, so like I would say most of the time that I spend on Instagram or social media is kind of just like looking at like rap and hip hop pages to like see what people are listening to. I hesitate to say young people, but like, let's just say it. I'm interested in what kind of music young people are listening to. Overwhelmingly, it's hip hop. And I want to give all those guys a chance. I don't want to be one of these like grouchy old hip hop heads who's like, this is trash. It's mumble rap, you know. Um, and some of them are good and some of them are not, you know, in my opinion. And Posty was one of them that I was like, like, this is, this is nice music. You know what I mean? Like aesthetically, like his sound is cool. And another, and like an important part of being, you know, I guess what that genre is called now is a SoundCloud rapper is your online presence, right? Like you have to just really be on point on Instagram. So you, your fans really get to know these guys a lot more than a lot of other artists. And he's like a funny dude. He's, like, very humble and goofy and kind of silly, and I just like him. I think he's endearing, you know? Okay. So right. that's it, all right? That's yeah. that's all I've got to say about Post Malone.
2: But say, so do you consider him pop or rap?
0: <laughs> I thought, I mean, when
2: I, I heard I, of him, I thought he was supposed to be rap, right? I don't know.
1: Supposed? To, that's what I thought, too. But, yeah, but, that's maybe,
2: I... but maybe we're supposed to be, like, right? Aren't they not confused, but I feel like the younger musicians are... Are are everything, right? Aren't they they are nirvana? They are, I don't know, run DMC. Like they can wear the you know the different outfits every day. They have rainbow hair, you know, like it's okay now. It's not there's not like a certain connotation to it, right? Oh,
0: I agree. I agree. I mean, and you are preaching to the choir. One the, <laughs> I'm serious. One of the things that I really like about this generation of artists is how different it is from when I was like a young person and really getting into music and just where I grew up. uh, And I think this was just the the culture of the time you had to choose. Right. You can't listen to lots of different genres of music because your music is your identity. Right. Mm. So either you listen to hip hop and you wear these clothes and you hang out with these people and you drink this kind of forty right hmm. or you listen to rock music yeah. and you're like that kind of a person and that's like a big part of your identity and like you know the hip hop heads didn't really like or respect rockers and kids who listen to rock didn't understand or like hip hop. There was like a very clear cultural dividing line when we were kids. And Mm -hmm. I have really appreciated the ability of subsequent generations to really kind of just like get rid of that. Like if you look at a young person's like playlist on their phone, it's not just that they're listening to like hip hop, right? Like they're going to have Migos on there, but like you said, they're also going to have Nirvana on there, but they're also going to have like Katy Perry. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not Mm -hmm. even embarrassing to listen Mm -hmm. to on pop music it's just like there's a lot of music out there and we can listen to all of it so that's that's one of the things I really appreciate about kind of like music now in general and it's one of the things that that makes Post Malone so cool and a lot of these artists you know a lot of these guys I forget who it was it might have been Lil Uzi but no I think it was Trippy Red somebody asked Trippy Red on on Instagram like who are your you know top five artists or whatever you know and there were all these like regular you know the the usual suspects were on there you know like (laughs) Pac yeah biggie you know and then he was like and he's like kurt cobain <laughs> i was like damn and like trippy red is one of those guys who like poses with ak's you know in his in videos and you know what i mean like uh and i just thought that that was like revolutionary you know there were no like nobody in wu-tang was like yo we love jim Morrison, b
2: <laughs> not at yeah. all.
0: Like that was not that was not a reality <laughs> for us. So yeah, and that's exactly what I think about it. And I don't think it's uh, disrespectful to Posty, and I don't. I'm not like upset by the decision. I don't even necessarily disagree with it. I just think it, you know, it raises these questions. The kind of stuff that we we're talking about in terms yep. of like what's changed for genres and Man. what what counts as what. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, rap music was not was not the dominant music when we were kids it was like a little bit underground even though there was a lot of popular hip-hop you know and that's very different now and that's fine you know as much as I complain about Drake you know it's fine it's good music whatever you know what I mean like <laughs> I said it okay <laughs> put a gun in my head Drake has some good songs so th- that was my piece I'm interested in, in exploring this one way or another maybe this is my pitch this is how long it's taken me to get to my pitch thank you <laughs> Uh, thank you for noticing, <laughs> Um This might be, you know, like this might be a first-person essay about exactly what you and I are talking about, Anne, which is generational. There was a time that, that those divides existed, and they don't exist now, and that's a good thing. That might just be my thesis, you know. Uh, so that is. How about ostens- this? Have you
2: like have have you found yourself liking a genre more than another? Like because I have friends who listen to like hardcore, just super gangster rap. But then now they listen to like, um, you know, music where you really don't know what the words are and they love it. And like and they're not and they're all racist. You know what I mean? So have you do you find yourself having a, a, a different favorite from back then?
0: I mean, I, I've got a long and, and winding road in terms of my like music, personal music history, but I definitely as a young person, like loved hip hop. Like I was just like, this is the truth. I only want to listen to Nas and Mob Deep and Wu Tang forever. These are poets and scholars. These are my teachers, you know? Yeah. Um, but like I said, I, I had, there was a lot of music in my house. My dad was a musician. He was a rock mm-hmm. musician. And I liked a lot of contemporary music rock at the time including nirvana but that was like very secret you know like i was not like i you know what i mean like my friends i listened to hip-hop with the school i went to like you know when i went home i was like closing the door (laughs) putting on headphones and like putting in nirvana unplugged and that was like my secret you know reality and uh, as a as a result i didn't really explore rock you know the way that i could have right like i didn't have a group of friends who were like putting me on other stuff and the internet didn't exist so there was no way to find out about other rock bands but when i got older and was kind of less locked into those binaries or that binary um i did get really into rock when i was like early 20s, I guess, you know, and it w- they were bands like Radiohead, you know, which even though they were around in the 90s, I wasn't exposed to them. But, like, I listened to those, like, okay, computer album, and I was like, this is mind-blowing. Uh, and that opened the door. There, there were so many, like, I loved all those indie rock bands of the early 2000s. I was a big fan of The Strokes and uh, White Stripes and stuff like that. And I didn't, I mean, part of that, I think, is because hip-hop changed and, like, I wasn't that into Cash Money and DMX and all like (laughs) Ja Rule and all those like subsequent generations I kind of, I was like, eh you know, so and and like the boy bands, obviously I was too old for that and I kind of just was a little turned off by it. (laughs) So that's what was left and and rock at the time felt subversive. I mean, you remember at Yo, you know, we were writing stories about music at the same time. My story was rock and roll is the new hip hop, right? It suddenly became the new subversive genre that young people were listening to. Yeah. Um, so this is all very helpful for me in my piece basically I'm going to ask e for a transcript of what I said <laughs> and then just type it up put it, put a headline on it and then that's my story I do want to uh, move on because I want to hear other people's ideas
1: okay so I was on uh, I've been looking for stories these past couple weeks or days because I didn't really have one for this particular occasion um, but I found uh, a story by on the wire on, on wire.com and how their um, creating, like, this new um, organization within Instagram to, like, tackle harassment online. Like, they can, like, scan your photos and, like, if they detect, like, anything that would be, like, remotely um, harassing someone else, it would be sent to, like, a different different group of people, like, humans, to, like, evaluate it. And, like, I'm not sure what they would do with that information, but it's, it's, it's like, they're... I, I thought it was interesting that... Um, a kind of creepy, <laughs> and B oh that's kind of a nice step, because um, I I mean I know how how like in one of our last episodes we talked about like how companies are like using your photograph and like for facial facial
0: facial recognition, recognition.
1: Right? yes thank you and so I I was kind of wondering about that I'm like okay so yes they're they're trying to do a good thing by like trying to prevent bullying X Y and Z but also like what are they doing with those photos that they're scanning <laughs> at the same time? Yes. Um, and then on top of that, so it's kind of a two-pronged story. Um, and then today I saw that story about the, um, the first lady, Melania, who was like, I am the most bullied woman in America, which really made me mad. Because I'm like, if you've been bullied in life, her statement is bullshit. <laughs> I'm like, no, <laughs> no. I mean,
0: I, in terms um, of numbers –
1: Yes, but I, I just no. <laughs> I don't care. She has no empathy. <laughs> no, well,
0: far be it, far be it from me. Like I, I definitely don't want to be the person here who's like, now come on, guys, be nice to Melania. No, no. But if you really think about numbers and what she's, what people are going after her for, I don't know, man. Like uh, she could make an argument. Who, who, who is more? Who has more bullies? Who has more people clowning her right now? What other woman right now? But she can
1: she she can like stay in her little ivory tower that is the, that is the White House, and she she can like she, can she doesn't employ... go to the White
0: House, man. she, she, she don't she, live in the White House, bro. She, she, she got can, her own life. She can uh, sequester yeah.
1: herself all she wants. But if you're a person and like you're like in 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 high school, in middle school, and you can't do that. <laughs> And now in this day of age, you have the internet, you have Facebook, you have all that shit. Like you can't escape it. If you're like someone who can't like just get away from it somehow. Like That's if true. I if I were uh, if I had the the internet in this to this degree when I was in middle school, I would have killed myself. Oh, mm-hmm. I can guarantee that because I had some fucking horrible bullies on my ass, horrible wow. people. So I just I don't know that 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 quote really struck a chord with me because I thought that was kind of. I don't know. Her bullying isn't really bullying, in my opinion. But that's just me.
0: I agree. She's got a lot of choices. You know what I mean? She doesn't have to get up and go to school in the morning. She doesn't have to get up and do anything in the morning. Exactly. Uh, And if anything, I mean, it's tone deaf in a lot of different ways, but it's like tone deaf in the way that, you know, her husband often is, which is like, no matter what, no matter what's going on, this is about me. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's really taking away from like what what does bullying actually mean? You know what I mean? What kind of like suffering are is are, like young mm-hmm. people enduring? People, I, as you mentioned, Eaming, people have taken their lives. You know, like this is a real problem. And I think it's something. Isn't this one of her like issues? You know, yeah, how she uh, has like her uh, it's supposed to be issues. Her platform? Yeah, that's that's supposed to be her thing. Yeah, so she's like an anti-bully person. And it's very, like, it, it seems outside the realm of someone who's trying to, like, like draw attention to how many people are suffering to say, like, I have it the most. I have it the worst. It's, like, very, very self-absorbed. Mm-hmm. Um, There's but no empathy
4: I, in that statement.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Am I surprised? I am not. I am not surprised. Does it stop me from ridiculing her? I guess. I mean, I got into trouble because I was, you know, a barbecue Becky's defender. I don't like it when people get piled on you know, Rachel Dolezal, I was like, come on, guys, like, it's, this is like, it's just because what's going on here is like egregious and wrong. Like, it doesn't mean you have a green light to just like clown this person and like, make fun of their weight and make fun of their appearance. Mm-hmm. And like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I was like, yeah, okay. I'm not, don't, don't make me out to be barbecue Becky's defender. But I also don't like it when everyone's like negative, you know, whenever that, know, whatever they call it, like Twitter sphere, like when the, when the mirrored beehive just like turns their attention on one person, like it is cruel, you know? So I'm not going so far as to say like, leave Melania alone. I don't want to, you know what I mean? But I just, I'm like reluctant to say she gets everything she deserves. Cause I'm like, I don't know, man. She, as the meme goes, all she wanted was a sugar daddy. And now she got to be the first lady. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> she didn't sign up for this.
4: No, she did, though. She was signing up for it. There are quotes where she's like, I can't wait for my husband to be the president. Like his first go around when he didn't have a major party behind him. So she did sign up for this. She, All
0: right.
4: she signed I stand up corrected.
0: For my, my, my sugar daddy statement is stricken from the record. I mean, that's,
4: that's sugar daddy still. But, yeah. It's in her um, contract. Yes. Yeah, well, I mean,
0: she didn't marry him for his looks. Let's just, for sure. let's well, there you there. go with
4: the bullying, Russell. <laughs> Ooh, you <laughs> got called out, son. I, I, <laughs> great. called out.
0: She's right. I stand corrected. I stand corrected. <laughs> nature,
1: right? Gotta love those moments.
4: <laughs> Human nature is to like love people when they're lovely, and then pick them apart when you don't, and it gives you license to then be like, "Oh my God, did you see that cactus? It has thorns." Like. <laughs> I, there's a cactus across the living room, just FYI. That's where that I came from. Like, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, like, it gives people license to be that way, and it's completely like a sociological thing where you end up with this gang mentality when people will say and do things outside of their norm because they're in a group and they feel protected, and they don't care about the individual, and they lose their empathy because they find excuses in the other person's behavior. And so then it does come down to the corporations to start being like, are we the ones that have to police this? Like... Is it Instagram's responsibility to now step in? Like the last company I worked for had an entire quality control department um, dedicated to making sure there's no prejudicial job postings online and making sure that everyone was treated with respect and there was no ageism, no sexism, no racism. And it was a huge department. And Mm. it was our responsibility to make sure that the environment, though it was online that we created, was Properly, so that it was a safe place. Mm. So, and Word. that's what happens when humans are involved. So. Uh-huh. Oh. Deep. Sorry, <laughs> whoa, whoa.
3: <laughs> everyone. This is how we are. No, <laughs>
4: so I think
3: I think it's interesting though because like for I took out my um, things. That's why I left.
0: That's, yeah, just for our listeners. Was that more I than really- ten minutes? Amelia was, was I feel like 20 minutes.
3: I was getting annoyed. I didn't like the taste <laughs> of my mouth. And I was like, if this remains, I will probably pass out or throw up. So <laughs> I decided to get rid of it. But Amelia,
0: can I just let our listeners know that you're talking about bleaching your teeth? Because yeah. Everybody knows. Yes. <laughs> just a little bit of context there. Amelia <laughs> was bleaching a- her teeth when we started. So we gave her a little extra time because I'm a believer in vanity. That's <laughs> all the context you need. Amelia, go.
3: Oh, thank you. Yes, everyone. I all I care is for my appearance. But really. And they
0: look great, by the way, for also for our listeners who can't see those so curly whites. Like and whatever whatever you did, keep doing it. It looks great.
3: <laughs> worth the money, people. It's worth the money. <laughs> um so though like the whole like I'm sorry, this was, cause that was such a large conversation and then it was like tied in a bow, I think, by <laughs> you there with the essence of human uh, behaviors. <laughs> but the one thing that always makes me nervous about Like the the thing, like in in the one sense, I want to be like optimistic and be like, yes, the people who are monitoring these things are definitely going to have the hearts of just wonderful humans, and the and these you know monitoring systems will not be used to um, like I always just think that it's going to be used to like destroy activist campaigns. I don't know why, but I'm always like like because technically you could say like, you know, oh, this, this um, organization or group is using harmful language or aggressive language. Like you could say it on either end, depending on who you are. So, you know, in my case, I'm like, whoop, whoop, to the people dragging the others down. <laughs> yes, So sorry, no, <laughs> humanity. But, you know, like, so and, on the one hand, I think that's important to call those things out. But at the same time, depending on who you are and for what purpose you're scanning, they could be kind of used either way.
0: De- yeah, depending I mean, on who
3: gets a hold of them. So I agree.
0: I agree. I've had. I don't think it's a different conversation. I think it's totally relevant. I am going to step on another landmine and use the example that I often like to use. Uh, about gun control, right? Like we're having a lot of conversations which have quieted down recently about gun control and the best way to regulate weapons and who can have weapons and who can't. Um, And that's fine. I'm definitely not trying to reopen that conversation. But when you do start to make rules, like what what happens when uh, you try to restrict, it's like, okay, let's have gun enhancements, right? That's one way. Like we have to pass stricter gun laws. If you break them, you have to have higher punishments for people who break them, right? Like who do those rules end up affecting the most, right? Like poor people, black and brown people, right? People without resources, right? So are we, before we start to do things that limit gun violence, I'm always careful to say like, all right, well, let's not do anything that will put vulnerable populations at risk and we'll have like an inadvertent consequence here. Like for instance, people are like, oh, common sense gun control. No one on the terrorist watch list can have a gun, right? I'm like, you know what? That does sound like it makes sense. But who decides who goes on the terrorist watch list? Who decides Whatever. what a terrorist is, right? Like, I'm not really trying to get, like, crazy paranoid, but, but. you know, like, but and I, that's exactly what I'm saying, and <laughs> I do sound like a paranoid person, but I'm using that as your example, right? Like, oh, yes, I, I agree. We should
3: people are joining us. do something
0: to regulate bullying, right, or, like, abusive language or behavior, but, like, who decides what bullying is? Who decides what abusive behavior is, right? Like, what if a lot of people are like, hey, go on your... Um, you know, uh, elected representatives Instagram page and tell them like, you know, what you did was reprehensible, you know, like, I can't believe you voted yes on this bill, right? Like, is that bullying, right? Like, do you need to like restrict that political voice? What if a public figure like does something or says something that's like, really racist or oppressive or sexist or transphobic or Islamophobic or whatever, and people are holding that person accountable? Uh, is that Bullying does that fall under the purview? I I agree with you. I, I think that's a very valid point.
3: That's not bullying. Is that I mean, yeah. Homework? I mean, I'm
0: not I'm not making that argument, right? This is the same person who was like, "Come on, give barbecue Becky a break." But I do like I do think that there's a tipping point, and even when people are are righteous, sometimes we you know overstep our bounds. Sometimes we are a little harsh. You know, a lot of this stuff came out like during the inauguration. People were like making fun of Trump's son was like a 10 year old kid or something, you know, and like saying like pretty mean things about a 10 year old kid. And I, you know, the, 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 the light was green at that point for roasting any member of that family, you know, but people had to be reminded like, yo, that's a 10 year old. Like he's, you know what I'm saying? Like that is a literal child, no matter what you think about his father or whatever, like let's try and have some boundaries here. So it just depends like who sets those boundaries. We don't have an arbiter anymore because, Anyone can go on Twitter, anyone can go on Instagram, like this stuff is largely unregulated. And I guess that's what, you know, they're trying to offset. Is that a fair summation of what you were trying to get at, you mean? Sure. No, sorry. (laughs) 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 Well, no, it's a fascinating point. I just, you mentioned that there are two prongs and what the the one prong is like, this is an important thing to address. And then the second prong is like, how can it go wrong? Is that fair to say?
1: Sorry. Wait, who are you talking to? I was asking
0: you, Amy. <laughs> I, I realized that, like Amelia and I, had this whole like side tangent That's... after Sarah broke down why humans are fallible, <laughs> and I, I realized we didn't revisit uh, your initial idea. You can, you how you can, you can wander, wander. Far. Well, do you, is this something? Let me put it another way: Is this something you'd like to develop as a story?
1: Uh, sure. I don't know which way which way I could take it, but I guess so.
0: I mean, I think it could be a pretty powerful first-person essay about if this is something you want to talk about your experience like what is bullying right like lead like as you did with what melania said and then talk about what you experienced just a suggestion no no you know
1: i I mean i've I've probably talked about it in some or written about it at some point at Yale, probably but yeah i can can revisit that it's fine
0: yeah yeah anyway Anyway, i like it it's a great
1: transparent as hell
0: you really do put yourself out there, Eman. I it's know, admirable.
1: It's weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you train well, that's me why, well. That's why you're a good writer.
0: You know, you're you're honest. You know, you're I honest no and you're secrets. vulnerable. People respond to stuff like that. All right, for our listeners, uh, because we had so much to discuss, this has become a two-part episode. So I want to thank all of you for being here. Thanks to our listeners, and make sure to tune in next week to hear the rest of the conversation. Uh, when we'll have additional story suggestions from Amelia and the rest of the crew. Thanks to all of you for being here. Thanks to all of our listeners. Until next time, Quest On, everybody.
1: This episode of Quest On Media's Margin Call was produced in Richmond, California.